My name is Matthew Wayne Selznick, and this is Sonatotem, episode 35. Preamble, preamble, stuff that I say at the beginning of Sonatotem, blah, 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 yada, yada. <laughs> folks. Yeah, um, I'm coming to you with a, a rare podcast appearance, an increasingly rare podcast appearance, sitting in the mobile studio of MWS Media in uh, my Prius, my very old Prius, sitting in uh, a parking lot, sitting in the post office parking lot because I pulled up to get my mail. Uh, it's, I don't know, like eight o'clock at night. On Labor Day, uh, September 6th, 2021, as I speak to you. Why a podcast episode? Why now? So many months after the last one. Well, uh, recently, it was, uh, and I mean recently, like a couple of days ago, it was the 16th anniversary of the day that I finished my first novel, Brave Men Run. And I thought, that's as good a reason as any to maybe check in with you folks and um, let you know what's been going on. In short, and you know if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time over the years, I don't really do in short. <laughs> Here's what happened. I did that last episode about the survey I had just done of my mailing list. And then I focused really hard on finishing the perfume dare at Kwanan Tag Bay and promoting that a little bit and whatnot. And that was April and part of May. And uh, then uh, I don't quite remember what happened in, in June. Um, probably just work. I was really uh, focusing on, in addition to work, trying to wrap my head around my next novel, Shadow of the Outsider. And then July, July was a bunch of personal bullshit, short version. And this is pretty easy to do a short version. We have a neighbor who was uh, shooting illegal mortars up in the neighborhood and doing it basically so that they would fly over our hundred year old house, wood and plaster house that I live in. And um, that's not cool. And you know, this started a few days before 4th of July, and we just kind of were like, hey, man, could you maybe just move down to the corner so that they shoot over the vacant lot across the street um, rather than over our ancient house so that it doesn't possibly catch on fire? And yeah, there was no... Uh, this person didn't agree to do that and was rather belligerent about it and drunk, you know. Fourth of July comes, and of course, I, you know, I live in a town where Fourth of July literally and figuratively explodes. So whatever, everybody was doing whatever, Fourth of July. Then about a week later, this guy's doing it again, but like at 1.30 at night and seriously directly over the house. I'm laying in my bed and the the boom of the firework, my room is in the second story, 
part of my room is over a slant of the roof. So there's not even like an attic above me. And I heard this thing like rattling my bones when it went off. So it was literally directly over my head, minus the roof that was also over my head. So my partner goes outside. She's uh, engaging, let's say, with this neighbor and this neighbor's girlfriend. And I can hear them yelling at each other. And then she comes back in and she tells me to call the police, come down and call the police. She goes back out with her camera and they're still engaging. I'm getting dressed and I'm getting, I go downstairs. Long story short, this guy was blasted and my partner is filming them while she's in our yard. These two are like on the sidewalk on the other side of the fence. And when the guy sees me come out, I approach our, our gate right at our walkway, you know, you come down, there's a porch, come down some stairs, a short walkway, there's our fence, there's the property line. This guy leans over the fence all the while doing all this like mad dogging and, hey, you you want some? You want some, bro? You want some? And he cold cocks me. Is that the word? Cold clock? Cold cock? Sucker punch. Let's call it that. He sucker punches me, leaning over our gate, breaking the gate, which by the way, makes it trespassing. And yeah, sucker punches me in the face, catches me right on the the cheek and lip. And so, you know, fuck it, I'm calling the cops. By the time the cops get there, they're long gone, blah, 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 blah. July was spent and a beginning of August was spent just fucking dealing with getting a restraining order on this prick and back and forth to the court and to the police station and waiting for a detective to pick up the case. And I still don't know. It's like, what, September 6th? I still don't know if the DA is charging this fucker. I don't really care. I'm not out to, like, wreck somebody's life who clearly has some substance issues, substance abuse issues and whatnot. I just don't want their issues to wreck my life. So I finally got a restraining order. That's been taken care of. Bottom line is, though, that took a lot of time out of my everyday shit, right? I still have a full-time job as a creative services provider for authors and podcasters and other creators. And I'm trying to fucking write this next book and keep up with weekly installments of the free serial that I send to uh, my mailing list subscribers, Hazy Days and Cloudy Nights, How It All Got Started. I had banked, I don't know, maybe four or five weeks of installments so that I was always a little bit ahead and started to write new ones in June, July hit, and that bank got completely exhausted. So in late July and August, and still, I'm like writing new installments of Hazy Days and Cloudy Nights, two, three, sometimes one day before they're supposed to be released to the mailing list subscribers. Not ideal. And also trying to suss out Shadow of the Outsider. It's been fucking stressful, folks. The deal with the neighbor and his cracky, cocaine 
behavior uh, is one thing, kind of just the icing on the cake. I've got other house housemates, roommates uh, who there's nothing specifically wrong with them. They just they don't get certain things, certain behavior over and over again. So there's a lot of like disruptive noise not getting a lot of sleep, or I should say my sleep is being interrupted. So I'm not getting a lot of solid sleep. I'm one of those people who needs seven-ish hours a night, but they need to be good hours. Haven't been getting that. And just, uh, honestly, can I be honest with you? That's what this podcast is about. Transparency and vulnerability and all that stuff. Uh, I've just been... I guess, and I was chatting with a good friend and they kind of concurred that it's both existential stressors, pressures, shit, and actual, real, present, direct pressures and stressors and shit that have just been bringing me down, making it really hard to stay focused and to create. And, um, you know, the existential things, of course, COVID, hello, still here, back, <laughs> COVID part two, the Delta variant, this time it's personal. Uh, <laughs> I'm all vaccinated, but it's just, when's that going to be over? People keep dying. A lot of stupid people keep dying. But uh, I don't want anybody to die from this thing. And just the constant barrage of news and information about how COVID keeps going and going and going, getting to me. I got to admit, the, the, the pullout from Afghanistan and that chaos and the suffering that a lot of those folks are dealing with what's going to happen to the women in that country and the people who, who aided and abetted us, I guess, for want of a better, better phrase. That's bumming me out, honestly. And just the general, you know, it's been a crappy couple of years, right, my friends? I think we can say a couple of years. It'll be two years in February, and so year and a half. It's been a crappy year and a half for the world. Uh, so there's that. And then, yeah, this bullshit in July, and my living situation is far from ideal. I'm not digging it. So it's been very, very difficult to put myself in the creative frame of mind. And I can do hazy days and cloudy nights because it's, it's fun. It's just meant to be a weekly distraction, almost like a, uh, like a soap opera, really. It's an ongoing episodic serial, like a soap opera. So while it still takes me hours to pump out each installment, spread out usually over a couple of days, plus plotting future installments as I go and making sure that I'm on track and that I kind of know what's going to happen in the next few, you know, five-ish uh, installments. 
specifically, even though I know the, the arc of the story. Anyway, I can knock those out more or less once a week. It takes time. It takes creative energy. And I haven't been able to dedicate or find the creative energy for Shadow of the Outsider, which is tremendously disappointing. Remember the big plan? <laughs> well, I guess long term, sure. Yeah, I still have that plan. But fucking A, Shadow of the Outsider was supposed to be done. First draft finished by my birthday, which was July 14th. It's not. I will be hard-pressed the way things have been going. I'll be hard-pressed to finish it by the end of the year. That, that brings me down. That takes the wind out of my sails. That throws water on the coal in my engine. <laughs> I don't like it. No, sir, I do not. <sighs> and then... Happy anniversary, Brave Men Run. 16 years since I finished that book in a Starbucks in Hesperia, California. Things were pretty existentially and personally shitty then, too. And I remember finishing that book and sitting there in that Starbucks and feeling very, very bittersweet because I didn't really have anybody to celebrate it with. I mean, I had someone, but we were not good. We were not good. And you probably, maybe, know that story. If you don't, basically, short version. Ha <laughs> Brave Men Run was the first novel in the history of publishing to have a simultaneous initial release in several different ebook formats, paperback, and this was 2005, remember, free podcast editions. The mechanism of distributing and marketing that book was as much news as the book itself. And it was a, a kind of a perfect storm. Uh, people loved the book, which was lovely. But I, I was able to kind of ride this this wave of podcasting and independent publishing that was just beginning to explode. And, you know, I'm very, very grateful for that time. It really created the career, such as it is, that I have had since then as a creative services provider and an advocate and a mentor for independent publishers and independent authors and if I die tomorrow, that book will be probably the thing that I am remembered for. Which, again, is bittersweet, because I have a lot of other things <laughs> that I want to do. Shit, I've got books that I've written that are so much better than that book. But it made the splash that it made, and it was 16 years ago, and in that time... I've been divorced, second divorce. I moved from Hesperia to Long Beach. Met a gal, was with her for almost four years. It's almost like being married a third time. Could have hung out with that one forever. 
didn't work out. Lived on my own for three years. Met somebody else, moved in with them. Had a, a freelance career and then about a year and a half, two years working for a boutique digital marketing firm that we did uh, we did movies and TV promotional stuff for for movies like Bridesmaids and and uh, Get Into the Greek. We did all of Judd Apatow's stuff right up through well, as far as I was involved with them, right up through Bridesmaids. Uh, my job with them was producing websites mostly, um, working with developers and uh, illustrators and programmers to build websites and viral features for uh, to promote these movies. Anyway, did that, got laid off because they basically spent more time playing with their own creative works, their own IP, instead of digging up new business, frankly. I think I think they would agree with me if, if, if I said that directly to them. Had a long struggle trying to get on my feet after that and build up my full-time freelance portfolio, my reputation. I'm going to say that took until about, oh, 2016 or so, 2017, to start really feeling like, yeah, okay, I'm okay. I, I, I will survive as a freelancer at the, at this thing that I'm doing. 2017 was also when my mother finally started getting like last stages, very, very ill, repeatedly ill from complications of her diabetes and uh, whatnot in and out of hospitals and physical therapy, short-term nursing homes from 2017 until spring, late spring of 2019, when she finally went into hospice and passed away uh, at the end of August, 2019. So 2019, 2020, 2021, uh, it's been two years since my mother has died. In that two years, I released Light of the Outsider, finally finished Light of the Outsider, which I started while she was still alive. I started it in 2018. We'll have to go back into the archives and look at the Autumn Project, which was that thing where I was going to write the entire first draft in the autumn of 2018. That didn't work out. Life, death, my mother's sickness, the death of a friend, the death of another uh, friend of a friend that I became. I got involved with people's shit. Not like saying that, like, you know, I got involved with people's shit. You have people you care about. They need you. You do stuff. Other stuff gets sacrificed. Blink. And, uh, and it's October of 2019. And I'm back to writing Light of the Outsider. And I finally finished that in 2020. And it's released. And I think, okay, staying on track. Think that I'll put out The Perfumed Air at Kwanantag Bay by the end of 2020. Pandemic. Complications with loved ones' lives. Again, stuff, things, distractions, for good and for ill, distractions, mostly for ill. And uh, 
Perfumed Era Quantitag Bay doesn't come out until April of 2021. And now I'm trying to work my way through Shadow of the Outsider. Having a lot of trouble just even focusing on doing that work. I think it was David Lynch who, I'll try to find this quote, it might be a video clip, who talked about how it's very difficult to create under stressful conditions. And I don't know, some people can do it. I mean, you know, people write books in prison and uh, in concentration camps and under horrible conditions, people create great works. I don't seem to be able to do it. I don't seem to have the mental energy because for me, writing is draining. It's emotionally exhausting writing fiction because I embody the characters. I, I try my best to get into their heads and their hearts and their souls while I'm writing them. And that means bouncing around between different imaginary people's heads. But I know these people very well. I know how they think and I know how they act and, and what they want and what they need and what their problems are and what their, their, their flaws are. And as a fiction writer, all of those characters are in one way or another facets of my own needs, wants, flaws. So, you know, uh, for me, at least, sitting down and writing fiction is like having some sort of... Uh, uh, <laughs> disassociative personality disorder therapy session uh, where all your personalities show up. Is that, is that the, uh, is that the term? They used to call it multiple personality disorder. It's got a different name, but you know, it's fucking trying and exhausting. And when life is fucking trying and exhausting, when you're not getting enough sleep and when your living situation is not great and, uh, Look, I, I'm an introvert. I thrive on solitude. I need the solitude to recharge. I need long stretches of structure and peace in my life. And I'm going to say that for the last four years, I haven't really had that. Yeah. That sounds about right. The last time I felt really myself was the summer of 2017. And um, if I'm not feeling myself, not completely in touch with, with myself, then that makes it very difficult. It, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a roadblock to getting to those characters so I can be them. And I really think that's kind of what, what, what the issue is with shadow of the outsider. I'm not in a great place. And so it's hard to get 
it's hard to put aside the shit that I'm dealing with or not dealing with <laughs> in order to deal with the shit that my characters are supposed to be dealing with. So the, the, the result is that, that I've been, I, I hesitate to call it writer's block. It's simply, is it burnout? Maybe it's burnout. I just, I have a hard time carving out the energy. So, the anniversary of Brave Men Run kind of just kind of mm, brought that home for me. Here we are again in another far from ideal situation that I have pretty much put myself in and trying to write something, trying to add to the culture, trying to, to, to do my mission, the thing that I'm made to do. It's, uh, I know it, it's an arbitrary yardstick, but three novels in 16 years is bullshit. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> um, yeah, it makes, it makes me sad. So all the same, it's a, a landmark worth noting. And I did, you know, I, I made some hay about it on social media and announced that it was the 16th anniversary. And I heard some very nice things from, from people. Um, really nice things from people for whom the book has had a, a, a very positive impact and I am grateful for that. Look, I, I, that's why I do it. That's why I want to do it. That's why it's so important to me to continue to do it is to make that difference for people, to, to help people in the way that the writing ultimately helps me. But three books, three novels in 16 years. And yeah, there's been other shorter works and collections and whatnot in that time. But I'm not helping myself enough. And I am willingly or not, voluntarily or not, I am not fulfilling my responsibility as a creator. And that sucks. A lousy feeling. So, I guess you could tell because I've been monologuing hard for a half an hour. I wanted to talk to somebody about this. And, um, I've put myself in a situation where the person, the people that are available for me to talk to are you, dear podcast listener. <laughs> Pandemic and geography and my own introverted nature 
have put me in this isolated space. And um, that's got to change too. But I needed to, uh, I felt compelled to get it out, to speak to someone. And, uh, you know, it nags on me. I am a podcast producer. I help clients with their podcasts. And I haven't put one out since, what did we say it was? March? Not good. Oh, that's the other thing I've been doing is, is slowly, slowly, slowly creating a new website for myself because mine is outdated. It's from 2017 and it's uh, slow, pokey. The, the, the cliche that I've been saying too frequently is that I'm like the master mechanic in town who drives a beat-up junker because they spend all their time working on other people's cars. But it reflects poorly on me, I think. It may be costing me business. So working on a new website, working on making all of my eBooks uh, available everywhere. They've been only available on Amazon for a couple of years, and gradually I'm being released title by title by title, I'm being released from the exclusivity contract that I had with Amazon. And uh, part of the new website will be, you know, you'll be able to buy eBooks and uh, whatever audiobooks I've done directly through me, through, through, through a third party provider called Gumroad. But basically you won't have to go to Amazon. You won't have to go to Nook or Kobo or you know, any of those other, uh, mega stores, if you want to, you can, you'll be able to buy the eBooks and the audiobooks directly from me, which means I'll get a tiny bit more of a royalty each time. I have people, uh, who every time I put something out, they're like, ah, I don't shop at Amazon. I won't do it. So I respect that. Sometimes I wish I could cut them out of my life. Ditto Facebook. So this, I'm working toward that. Creating the new website is also going to allow me, and I'll speak more about this in a later episode or an article or on the mailing list. You should be on the mailing list. Um, I'm going to write the mailing list community as well, I think, probably in the email that they get when they are notified about this episode. Anyway, um, I'm going to be sort of refining and... Uh, niching down in the services that I provide and um, productizing, as they say, uh, taking some of the things that I do as services and instead of reinventing the wheel every single time, offering them in more prepackaged sort of uh, a la carte fashion, just uh, trying to, to simplify while still making as much, if not more, preferably more money, uh, so that I have the time and the energy and the financial security to create the works that I'm supposed to be creating and to make the changes so that I have a better state of mind in which to create those things. This is the, the, the spinning interconnected cogs that have been knocking around in my head before I go to sleep each night. And when I wake up every morning, the way the new website and the new services or different services and the 
living situation and the emotional state and the financial state and the creative state, how they all interconnect and one thing cascades and affects another. It's a mess. I have been trying to meditate. I've started to exercise again a little bit, not as much as I should. It's embarrassing how shitty my physical uh, state is, my strength. Uh, let's call it the pandemic year, right? I know we've all been going through some shit. A lot of people have had it much worse than I have. I am aware of that. I'm also aware that that doesn't take away from the state that I'm in, you know, um, someone else's, it's, it's not a fucking contest, right? So I empathize and I fully recognize that people have had it worse. People have lost people. People have lost homes and fires and floods. People have lost parents and children and friends and spouses and I'm over here just, you know, I, I just want to have a better situation so that I can have a better brain so that I can make more stuff before I die. And no, I'm not like fucking chronically ill or whatever, but when you lose a parent, and if you've lost a parent, I've lost both. You'll, you'll know this already, but it changes you. Now, my father and I were estranged. Uh, my, my stepfather, my biological father, and I never knew each other. He's gone. My stepfather and I were estranged for about 30 years. I found out about his death about a month after the fact years ago. Uh, but when, when my mother died, that was the person that, uh, I was her active caregiver for, well, like a decade. <laughs> it got it got really intense in the last five to three years. But uh, when she left, and I saw, recognized, had time to up close and personal, I mean, emptying out her apartment, emptying out her storage bin. I still have shit of hers in my storage bin. Going through a life and recognizing what she went through and the choices she made and the consequences that those had and the dreams that she deferred When she died in August of 2019, I told myself and I told my partner that nothing was more important than fulfilling my goals to create and to make a living, a secure living, to secure my future and to do that as a creator my own intellectual property, my own books, stories, story worlds, what have you. 
I said nothing was more important. Easier said than done. Because to stand by that kind of claim requires disruptive, frightening life changes. And I haven't made any of them. <laughs> I haven't. And uh, here we are, two years after the fact, after that statement, which I believe I'm 54 years old. How many years do I have left? Active, productive years. Maybe 20, if I'm lucky. Maybe 30. I don't know. But memento mori, you know, remember that you will die. Two years have gone by. One book, one novelette. Should have a second, well, technically a fourth novel out second in this series. By now, don't. I'm feeling it. The dissatisfaction, the frustration is taking a toll. And while, again, I am grateful and proud of Brave Men Run, the 16th anniversary, not particularly something I'm throwing a, a champagne party for myself for. Because I'm, you know, that thing that I did 16 years ago, for where I'm at now, apart from professionally, the, the sort of, the sort of, uh, side effects of the, the, frankly, evangelism and marketing that I did around the book, around the technologies and around the, the, uh, indie marketing techniques that I discovered and helped develop in the promoting of Brave Men Run, all of that, yeah, though that stuff had, uh, has implications for now, has obvious repercussions in a positive way. I'm making a living doing the things that I learned because of that book and the years that followed. But creatively, it, it, it's probably too much to say that it's not, it, that it's like Brave Men Run never happened. But professionally, uh, as, as a professional author, You know, in the independent publishing world, 16 years ago is, yeah, but what have you done lately? Put out a, I, As far as the world is concerned, as far as Matthew Wayne Selznick's personal brand, I basically have one book, and that's Brave Men Run, because that's the only thing that really consistently sells. Despite the fact that I have... Um, 12 other things on the market. So everything that uh, came after, including this new story world, this new series that I'm supposed to be building with Light of the Outsider and Shadow of the Outsider and War of the Outsider, and then the Dominion Stone trilogy that comes later, 
This whole Shaper's World thing. I am basically like a new author. It's one of the themes of this podcast, right? Approaching things like an experienced beginner. Well, in my experience, <laughs> I am not, uh, I'm not being brave enough. I'm not making the hard choices. I've been here before. I know what it's like. I know how I get when I get to this point. And here I am again. It's not fun to recognize that. And it's probably not all that much fun for you to be listening to this. <laughs> but hey, this is part of the life. This is part of being an independent creator is getting yourself out of these situations. And so by sharing with you the fact that I'm in this headspace right now, maybe you can relate. Maybe you can treat it as a, oh, I don't want to do what he's doing. I better get to fucking work. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is helpful for you. It's been helpful for me. As much as I wish I didn't have to sit in my car in a parking lot to find the space and the time and the quiet to be able to record a podcast. Well, that's just where we're at right now. As much as that's a drag, I think that talking to you has been helpful for me. So I appreciate that. Thank you for listening these 50 minutes or so. And um, yeah, I think that's it. Because as my uh, once upon a time Palmer Lafferty used to say, or still says, I should be writing. <laughs> all right, that's all. I got to go home. It's almost nine o'clock. I've been trying to go to bed by 10 lately because I know one way or the other, I'm going to get woken up by six. So that's it. That's what's been going on. Happy anniversary to Brave Men Run. Don't forget to go out and purchase Light of the Outsider, Volume 1 of the Outsider Trilogy, Volume 1 of the Shaper's World Cycle, a standalone novel that is also the first part of a trilogy and the first part of a series. Available in paperback and ebook and audiobook, read by the author. That's me. Once you've read that, Enjoy the perfumed air at Kwanantag Bay, which is a follow-up, sort of a bridge between Light of the Outsider and the next soon-to-come novel, Shadow of the Outsider. The perfumed air at Kwanantag Bay is a novelette. It's about, I want to say 17,000 words, give or take, somewhere around there. I don't remember. Anyway, it's a short read, uh, also available in ebook and audiobook, also read by me. I am super proud of both of these books. I love the Shaper's World Story World. And uh, I would love it if more people experienced it. So check that out. Both Light of the Outsider and The Perfumed Air at Kwanantag Bay are already in wide release. So you can find those anywhere you get ebooks, audiobooks, paperback books online. 
not going to promise I'll be back soon. Oh, actually, I am going to be back soon because I did an epic <laughs> interview. Jared Surf of the Here Be Tigers podcast. We talked at length on his creative process. I am working my way through editing that audio so that you don't have to listen to three hours. Uh, I enjoy talking to Jared for three hours, but I'm not sure that you'll enjoy hearing us for three hours. So I'm going to work on edit, editing that down in addition to all this other stuff I've been doing. So that will probably be the next episode. I know I got some feedback about the podcast over the last few months, and I really should include that feedback in this episode. Not gonna. Maybe I'll hit it next episode. Sorry, I'm sitting in my car and I don't want to make this be a lot of work before it gets out to you, or it'll be another two weeks before it gets out to you. Anyway, I digress. If you haven't subscribed, you should still subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. Consider reviewing the podcast as well anywhere you get your podcasts and uh yeah by light of the outsider by matthew wayne selznick that's me okay my name is matthew wayne selznick take care